Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 51 The Silver Glasses and the Long Road to Emerald Dorothy looked down at the glasses sitting at her feet, her lips trembling, her eyes watering, and her heart heavy in her chest. She was trying hard to keep herself calm and collected after the horrifying and shocking spectacle of violence that just played out in front of her. "'Are you going to wear them?' asked a hesitant mister. In his mind, he found himself worried that the more Dorothy took from the witches, the closer she was to becoming one herself. As far as he could tell, witches were either inherently insane or inherently wicked, if not a bit of both. He did not want Dorothy to stop being Dorothy. I don't know, said Dorothy, silently sharing the same unspoken fears as Mr. She felt herself changing since her arrival in Oz. She was not sure if it was due to acquiring the ring and bracelet, or simply due to the extreme situations she had entered into since landing in this strange place. Either way, she felt her fears were valid. What's our next move? asked Mr. At this point, he was actually hoping to stay in the palace. A trip back to Emerald did not sound like fun. I don't know, said Dorothy quietly. Are you going to keep the book? asked Mr. I don't know, replied Dorothy, keeping her answers short to avoid breaking down right there on the spot. What do you think happened? asked Mr. I don't know, Mr. Her voice was stern, and her breathing became heavy. Sorry, replied Mr. He was not trying to sound impatient or unthoughtful. He was just worried about his friend, and what she might do if she felt as though all hope was lost. Dorothy knelt down slowly and picked up the glasses. She looked through them without placing them on her face. There must have been something special about these frames. Maybe not even the frames, but the lenses. Either way, there was something special about this combination of glass and metal, and Dorothy was not sure if she really wanted to know. She stood up and looked at Mr. What do you think? Should I? Well, she doesn't need them anymore, he said with a glance at the grotesque remains of Glinda and his signature shrug. 
What do you think they do? I guess there's only one way to find out, said Dorothy, as she cautiously rested them on her ears and nose. She clenched and braced herself for the inevitable binding. Nothing happened. She unclenched and opened her eyes, looking at Mr. and the lion, then at the throne and Glinda. She exhaled in slight disappointment at the thought that maybe, just maybe, these were not meant for her after all. <laughs> Must be the wrong prescription. She chuckled lightly with a sniffle as she reached with her right hand for the glasses to pull them off. As her ring finger touched the shiny silver frames, Dorothy's head, and soon after that, her entire body was overtaken with immense pain. The nose piece felt as though it was piercing through the cartilage of her septum. She involuntarily closed her eyes as tears rushed down her face. She opened her mouth to cry out, but was unable to make any sounds other than a dry, wheezing noise. The earpieces felt like piano wire, looped around them and being tightened. It felt as though they were going to be sliced clean off. Her mouth, like her eyes, closed involuntarily, and her jaws locked. Her teeth clenched so tightly she feared they might shatter inside her mouth. She fell to the floor, and the pain subsided. Relief washed over her body, pushing the pain away as she slowly opened her eyes. Small drops of blood dripped from her nose as she gasped and coughed. That was the worst one yet, she said between gasps. Are you okay? asked Mr. At this point, he honestly did not know what he would do if Dorothy died. Well, maybe he did know. He would probably just find a window and stare out of it for all eternity. No one would come looking for him. No one would miss him. And almost certainly, no one would make it out this far to find him. He hated the idea of being alone, however. There was a time in which he would not have cared about being by himself. In fact, he would have preferred it, maybe. But in his recent adventures, he found that a life of loneliness was quite simply, how Dorothy would put it, shit. Yeah, I think I'm okay, Dorothy said, still catching her breath. <laughs> I thought I was going to black out there for a second. Maybe I did. I, I, I don't know. She stood up and looked around. Well, said Mr. What do they do? The glasses, he said as he pointed to his eyes. They help me... See, said Dorothy softly. See, asked a hesitant Mr. Uh, see what? The world... Dorothy continued to speak softly. Mr. hated it when she talked in riddles like this. It was one of the few things that genuinely annoyed him. 
He preferred direct answers, things that required little thought. The world, huh? Dorothy was bombarded by images of far-off lands. It was overwhelming at first, uncontrollable sights with no sounds. She could see almost the entire land of Oz. She could not see into the greys, however. Instead, all she could see was a large, impenetrable haze. She now understood what Glinda was talking about when she said she had been watching them and could see everything in the land. She closed her eyes and saw nothing but darkness. She opened them again and saw the world once more. She looked at Mister, but all she could see was him standing, floating in the nothingness. With all her energy, she focused, bringing the room back into her field of view. Walls materialized around them. The floors came back into sight. The throne room reappeared, and the lion stood as a fuzzy, blurry mess of red. Pieces were still missing, though. Holes in the walls. Not really holes, but blank spots. It was like someone had simply taken an eraser to a piece of paper covered in graphite. There was clearly something there, or supposed to be. Faded images of reality. Focusing her vision to the point of a slight headache, her immediate surroundings became clear once more. The remains of Glinda slumped in her chair, the red lion now crystal clear, the ever-so-faithful Mr. Scarecrow, all back in plain sight. It was like trying to focus on a small, loose hair floating in front of your face. It was possible, but it was also very uncomfortable. This is going to take some getting used to, she said. I can see almost anything and everything in Oz. No wonder Glinda was so crazy, said Mister. The entire world? All at once? That would be enough to drive anyone mad, no matter how good they are. It's not so bad. Just takes some concentration is all. Still, it seems like a heavy burden. Might not be so heavy if I can just get a handle on it, said Dorothy. She felt she needed to remain optimistic, out of fear of coming unhinged like the glass's previous owner. You're probably right said mister. So long as you don't isolate yourself in a castle at the edge of the world. He smiled. It was a comforting smile, a warm smile, a hopeful smile. Yeah, said Dorothy. Loneliness is probably what really did her in. The trio left the castle with everything they entered with, and Dorothy with a new pair of glasses. They traversed the island with no problems and found themselves at the beach once more. Sitting on the shore, they found a small boat with a single battered quadling. 
His left eye was puffed and shut. His skin was discolored with bruises and contusions, and dried blood cracked and flaked from his face. The boat was only big enough to sit three, so naturally, someone had to stay behind. I appreciate everything you've done for me. I really do. But I think this is where we part ways, Dorothy said to the beaten-down little man. She pointed to the castle off in the distance. It's all yours now. The lion offered his large body as a gentle support for the small man, helping him from the boat and getting him onto the nice warm sand, before climbing in with Dorothy and Mr. himself. They were on their way back to Emerald, watching the third island get smaller and the second get bigger. Do you think that Quadling understood anything you said? asked Mr. as he rowed the boat. Does it really matter? replied Dorothy, as she ruffled the lion's soft mane. He'll figure it out at some point. Even if he doesn't, I don't really care. Now that they knew its tricks, the second island was much easier to traverse than the last time. Following the golden glow of the ring, they navigated the island with ease and found themselves on its warm shoreline in no time. They camped here for what they figured was probably a night on the Isle of Days. It had the warmest climate and was far more forgiving than any of the places they would be venturing to in the foreseeable future. The travelers found the king sitting once again on his throne. Dead bodies were strewn around the desert, showing early stages of decay. The giant, dead Kaleida lay in the middle of the blood-soaked battlefield. Even though he knew it was dead, the lion still insisted on putting distance between himself and the beast. He walked with the boat dragging behind him, Dorothy on his right side, and Mister walking on his left. Dorothy used her glasses to look ahead from the shore of the mainland, to find the quadling ruins a desolate, blood-soaked reminder of what was arguably her worst day in the land of Oz. Beyond that, she saw the small porcelain people in Idnis saw rebuilding their city and attempting to repair their shattered queen. Further yet, she saw the still smoldering ashes of the dead forest floor. She sighed a heavy sigh. We still have a long road ahead of us. Should be easier this time, though, said Mister. Should be, Dorothy agreed. <laughs>